0: UL, or Underwriters Laboratories, a global safety science organization, and the U.S. Department of Veterans Affairs recently completed a two-year cooperative research and development agreement program for medical device cybersecurity. The CRADA program examined existing gaps in the marketplace for cybersecurity standards and practical certification approaches for connected medical devices. While the CRADA study examined medical device cybersecurity in the context of the VA, the resulting CRADA report also provides lessons learned that could help the wider healthcare sector tackle challenges involving medical device cybersecurity. I'm Marianne Kolbizak-McGee, Executive Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today, I'm speaking with Anora Fernando, UL's Chief Innovation Architect for Medical Software and Systems. So, Anora, for starters, very briefly describe the top medical device cybersecurity challenges facing the VA that were examined for the CRADA project, and what did you find?
1: As with any organization, you know, the VA has to deal with a continually changing threat landscape um not only is the threat landscape changing in terms of new types of cyber attacks you know emerging in, in the field but they also have to deal with uh, with ongoing changes in technology and so you know as we all know over time uh, new technologies come into play and they serve as the, the foundation for new healthcare delivery mechanisms and so VA like anyone else uh, has to try to keep up with those technology changes as as well as keep up with their infrastructure to support those technologies. So what we learned through the course of the CREDA fundamentally is that there are new standards such as UL 2900 that can be used to support the acquisition of medical devices and can be used to balance the relationship between the medical device vendor and the medical device purchaser's role in contributing to the overall security of the system. You know, we've heard many times from a variety of stakeholders, including FDA, that security is a shared responsibility. And so a large part of what the CRADA looked at is what kinds of capabilities and limitations can be disclosed about a medical device that's being purchased by an organization like the VA, Based on testing, based on documentation, based on labeling and disclosures, that can help the the purchaser, the acquirer, to better integrate that system into their enterprise infrastructure and and clinical networks and so forth.
0: So, Enora, what stands out to you in terms of what other healthcare sector entities can learn from the Crater report in terms of improving the state of medical device cybersecurity in their own organizations?
1: Information sharing was one of the number one goals of the CRADA, not only analyzing what VA was doing specifically or what standards UL has been developing or those types of sort of obvious issues, but one of the underlying issues that we were trying to tackle was an issue that came up during our discussions in the Health and Human Services Healthcare Industry Cybersecurity Task Force a, a couple of years ago. And that's that said, there's a broad spectrum of both medical device manufacturers and uh, healthcare delivery organizations when it comes to the issue of cybersecurity. We've heard quite a lot about there being medical device manufacturers who might not be doing as much as they could be doing to ensure the security of their products. We haven't heard as much about the fact that on the healthcare delivery organization side, there's a similar spectrum. There are some hospitals that that do quite a bit. They are very, very mature in how they handle cybersecurity, how they handle product acquisition. Some of them will actually do cybersecurity testing, penetration testing, things like that within their own facilities as as part of the acquisition or vetting process. Uh, But there are also a lot of healthcare delivery organizations out there that really don't have a a strong sense yet of what they should be doing for cybersecurity. And so among other tools that have been put out there, uh, through venues like the Healthcare Industry Cybersecurity Task Force, the Healthcare Sector Coordinating Council, and, and a variety of other venues, uh, this report also aims to serve as sort of a model or a foundation of lessons learned that these less mature, especially private sector healthcare organizations and so forth, can can read and internalize and try to understand what the issues are and where they can begin tackling cybersecurity or what they can do to mature to the next level from where they are.
0: So now earlier, Honora, you had mentioned the UL 2900 series standards. Could you tell us just very briefly what that is?
1: So the UL 2900 series of standards began development uh, in 2016 and they were published in 2017. They're a set of cybersecurity standards that are intended to establish a baseline of cybersecurity hygiene, so that users of those standards can make claims about um, you know, meeting minimum levels of security, and also have an argument. You know, things like being able to declare that they have certain encryption methods, certain. Uh, authentication and authorization methods, certain hatch management methods, certain decommissioning methods, and, and so forth and so on, that span the whole life cycle of the product that's developed and, and potentially certified under uh, the UL 2900 standards. And so when manufacturers can present those kinds of arguments, it's really important to build a, a trust model around those claims And so one of the unique things that the UL 2900 series of standards uh, can do is provide test-based evidence, so objective evidence through testing of the products that shows the cybersecurity posture of the product and and the fact that um, common vulnerabilities with exposure have been addressed and um, common weaknesses have been addressed, that known malware has been addressed, and, and a number of other issues like that.
0: In terms of potential security risks, including ransomware and legacy software, vulnerabilities in medical devices, what are some of the top issues that are most disturbing and what are some of the top steps that are being taken or should be taken to help mitigate these risks?
1: Probably the number one challenge is uh, trying to get the whole ecosystem together. You know, healthcare, is somewhat unique in that it has a number of different stakeholders ranging from patients themselves. And we've seen in the past that, that in the recent past, that that we have patients who are quote, hacking their own medical devices in some cases to try to improve the the therapy and and things like that. And as we've seen with things like infusion pumps, we have clinicians who are you know very, very focused on clinical care and maybe not as well educated on the technical aspects of the the increasingly complex devices that they're being asked to use. And so their understanding of cybersecurity and vulnerabilities in products needs to be uh, improved. We have the healthcare delivery organizations, you know, infrastructure and service providers, so like IT groups within hospitals, and uh, service providers who might provide, you know, call center services and those kinds of things who tend to, to sometimes operate in, in very siloed fashions. You know, we've seen a lot in the past where general purpose hospital IT groups weren't interfacing well with the clinical IT groups and so forth and, and or the clinical network groups. And so bringing all of these stakeholders together has probably been the number one challenge. And it's these disconnect across stakeholders that also allow for vulnerabilities that that allow things like ransomware to get into critical infrastructure like hospitals. And so collectively and cohesively raising awareness across these stakeholder groups has probably been the number one challenge. And I think this industry in particular, healthcare, has now stepped up, especially since about 2014, and started to, to really take this issue seriously Uh, bring together organizations like the FDA, um, ONC under HHS, FCC that's involved with communication infrastructure and so forth, as well as the vendors and the purchasers in the industry, so the HDOs and the medical device manufacturers, service providers, technology vendors like encryption solution providers and so forth, and and certifiers and, and testing organizations and a number of other types of individuals that that you don't really think about uh, when you think about the healthcare ecosystem at first blush. And so pulling these kinds of stakeholders together through mechanisms like the the HHS Cybersecurity Task Force that we mentioned before and the Healthcare Sector Coordinating Council and the collaborative efforts of government agencies like DHS and FDA working closely with private sector. Uh, Security researchers, academia, certification and test organizations, medical device manufacturers, hospitals, those kinds of activities have been extremely critical to raising the bar and solving this problem for the healthcare sector. And and I think we're on a good path there now with all the things that the people are doing and not not to forget the information sharing and analysis organizations and centers.
0: So, Anura, you had said that we're on a good path now. In general, how would you characterize the state of medical device cybersecurity today? Is the industry evolving fast enough and in the direction that it should be headed to help ensure that healthcare entities are not only using more secure devices, but that patients are safe with these devices?
1: Yeah, you know, from what I've seen, I I really feel good about the direction that the industry is heading. There are a lot of challenges, you know, when doing things like analyzing vulnerabilities in a product, we have to be able to associate the vulnerability with the software component. And so NTIA has been working closely with the, the healthcare sector to develop some of the what's called SBOM software build materials requirements and and those kinds of things so that automated tools can help to correlate the vulnerabilities with specific software components so that when these kinds of incidents happen in the field, hospitals can hopefully, you know, much more quickly identify where problem areas might be in their facility and, and what they might need to do to respond to those problems Things like ransomware and like we saw a few years ago with WannaCry and so forth. And so, as I said, we're we're on a good path. There are still a lot of technical challenges that that we need to overcome, even the software bill of materials. While it sounds simple at first glance, coming up with uh, the proper taxonomy and nomenclature and machine readability to the right level of granularity and those kinds of things are are still very much challenges that this community needs to move forward with but everybody is engaged now. The discussions are happening, so there's a lot of promising work in this area.
0: And finally, Anora, very briefly, what's next with the CRADA work with the VA? Is that done? Is the VA going to be taking UL up on some of the suggestions and findings that came out of the report? What's next?
1: So the CRADA is officially done now, and as the report goes out, we hope that not only the the private sector healthcare delivery organizations that we used before are going to use this, but also that policymakers use this so that when we look at some of the innovative medical technologies that are available in the marketplace can get to the patient bedside more quickly, that the results of this CRADA will facilitate that. Now, what we really want to see happen is you know that veterans, uh, that We appreciate so much the the service that they've provided, have the ability to garner the most cutting-edge medical technologies that that will help them overcome some of the physical challenges that they face, either due to aging or due to the service they provided and so forth. And so making sure that, that policymakers recognize that the adoption of these technologies can be accelerated by the use of standards is one of our greatest hopes as an outcome from this crater.
0: Thanks, Nora. I've been speaking to our Nora Fernando. I'm Marianne Kolbicek-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.